happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to This Is Life. This is uh, another week that we get to just share with each other, and I get to kind of just share what's on my heart and hope and pray that it's a blessing to you and to everyone who's listening out there. Maybe this is your first time, or maybe you've been a longtime fan, or maybe you just kind of stumbled upon me uh, in the show. However you got here, uh, let me just extend an appreciation for you and uh, thank you for uh, just spending some time with me and just having an opportunity for me just to share from the heart. And again, I hope and pray that it is a blessing to you. Guys, it is uh, Christmas time out there, isn't it? Of course, the weather's getting cold and the lights are starting to be all over the place and you know we're kind of starting to you know couple we're only a couple weeks now away from the big day and it's just a time that a lot of people come together as families and uh, even non-christians which i've always found kind of strange personally speaking you know a christian a christmas is traditionally a christian holiday although there's definitely a lot of reason to not even understand or believe that because of a lot of the um, traditions that we do around christmas time i actually have pagan roots so you know my family definitely picks and chooses specifically you know what type of things that we do because i don't everything we do we want to do it as unto the lord right so you know i highly encourage you guys to do the same in your own family just to be real careful and real mindful of just the the, the traditions and things that <clears throat> that you may do around this time of year. Uh, just, you know, the best best question I have to you is, why do you do them? And if you don't know, find out. And if, if you find out that the origin of what you were doing is not something that you uh, agree with, then stop doing it. Maybe find something else that is a little bit more honorable to the Lord. That's not what today's topic is about. But uh, today's really topic is about... Just uh, having an understanding of what Christ and the word Christmas really means. A few years ago, there was a, you know, a big hubbub, a big thing in the news, and a lot of times I think that media likes to generate controversy because it's slow news, and so they they may make things to be bigger than what they actually are but then all of a sudden when you bring a controversial topic everyone seems to then latch on to how they would uh you know how what, what their opinion is of that particular topic and this particular one was about the starbucks company who took off merry christmas from their holiday cups and it caused a huge ordeal a lot of people kind of you know, made a big controversy over it. And, you know, you're taking Christmas away from, you know, you're taking Jesus away from, from the holidays and how this is the reason, Jesus is the reason for the season. And all of these, you know, there's a big hubbub about it. Of course, that kind of then brought forth all the conversations of all the other things that, you know, people don't say Merry Christmas anymore. They say Happy Holidays and Politically Correct and all these different things. And, and guys, I got to really thinking, you know, that kind of got my mind working, like, does Jesus really care that much about what's on a coffee cup? <laughs> you know, does he really, really care about if people are saying Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays? Uh, I, I don't, I really truly don't think so. To me, those seems to be very surface, very elementary, very, you know, uh, things that just don't matter at the end of the day. There's no scriptures that go out there. In fact, you know, the, the just, there's no scriptures that tell us that those are a priority to the Lord. And frankly speaking, I don't think they should be a priority for us. They're all just very surface things that we don't, we should never uh, let our outward appearance or the, you know, things that we proclaim you know in the, in the physical that ought not ever be what is it in our hearts as far as what how can i say this <clears throat> 
Okay, a good example is just because I wear a Christian t-shirt, let's say I wear a shirt that has John 3.16 on it, that doesn't mean that I am necessarily a Christian. It just means that I happen to pick that shirt out today that happens to have a scripture on it. Just as if I were to wear a, a shirt here that said, Hail Satan, right? Okay, for a good example of that, there's a uh, a, a lady who got uh, asked she just recently in the news. I heard about it. Uh, see if, I'll see if I can find the article and and and, and while I'm talking about it here, uh, she got asked to be removed from American Airlines flight because she was wearing a shirt that said "Hail Satan," and you know, I, I honestly, guys, at the end of the day, really, I mean, is that? Okay, here's. It, it, I understand why the shirt may be controversial, why it may raise some eyebrows, but as a Christian, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't, because the Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. So if I'm sitting next to a, a gal or a guy who happens to have a shirt, it's, it, I'll literally, I'm reading you, the, I'll read the description of the shirt. It's a black shirt with big right, white letters over the top, over the top that says, Hail Satan, uh, EST or established 666, and then an upside down cross. And she was apparently asked to re- change her shirt or she would have to miss her flight. Uh, now, I, I find this is absolutely ridiculous because, you know what? We, we get so consumed with outward appearance that we forget that there is still a human wearing that shirt. And I understand that it's, it's that is, you know, she probably wore it. I, I think she's an atheist. She's not even a, a Satan worshiper, right? She just wore this shirt just to get a rise out of people. And honestly, because people are so, especially Christians, we're easily, uh, you know, judgmental about those kind of things those kind of things. And I'm not afraid of a t-shirt. I'm not afraid of even somebody who, you know, says that they're a Satan worshiper. I remember when I was in, in school, uh, and I, I started to take my Bible to school every single day in seventh and eighth grade. That was kind of my deal. Uh, it was a challenge for my youth pastor to take our Bibles to school every single day. And I was like, you know, what? sure, I'll do that. You know, I, I'm not going to like beat nobody over the head of the Bible, but if I have some free time, maybe I'll, you know, just pull it out or, uh, you know, it was never anything that I wanted to do to make, hey, look at me. It just was something that I was a Christian and, I liked reading the Bible. I was at the time studying Matthew 5, 6, and 7. My dad was really putting that on me. And so, you know, give it, quizzing me on memorization and things like that. So if I had some free time after study hall and my schoolwork was done, I would just take my Bible out and open it. It also gave me some opportunities to witness too, right? If somebody asked about the Bible, they wanted to know more about God. Well, they knew that that Christian guy, that Christian boy over there who takes his Bible to school, ask him. He might know something about God. He might know, you know, now that's how I kind of got to a lot of people, you know, religion's a, a, you know, a topic that a lot of people like to debate and talk about. And even in seventh, eighth grade and junior high and up into high school, uh, anytime that there was a religious debate or religious question, especially had to do with Christianity, who do you think they came to? The boy who brought the Bible. Well, anyway, um, there was a, there was a, a kid, I don't even remember his name, uh, but he was a, he was a self-proclaimed Satanist. Now, I don't know if he was an actual Satanist. I just know that he liked to try and rub me the wrong way. And 
you know, he would take my Bible and, you know, play keep away with it and from the friends and things like that. And I just would really, I never let it get to me because I just saw this as just an opportunity for me just to show him the love of God. And if I got all angry, if I got all mad, if I, you know, started to, to want to go blows with him because he took my property, my Bible or whatever, that would completely contradict every single thing that I've, I believe in Jesus, that he is the Prince of Peace, right? The Lord of love. He's the one who gives us the ability to overcome temptation and evil when it's in front of us. And we overcome it by what? By grace and by love. And if I were to sit there and try and, and just counteract and be angry or be vengeful, you know, because he took, took my Bible or because he's making fun of my t-shirts, that doesn't do any of my witness any good. And eventually, so I just basically acted like I just didn't care. I'm like, hey man, if you want the Bible, take it. You know, I'll give you some scriptures that you can read if you want to, that are, you know, they're really interesting. You know, we can have a topic of ask him. You can, if you want to know more about the Bible, what things you read in there, let me know. And I would just walk away and he'd be like, just hand me the Bible and walk away. And he didn't, obviously, he was trying to rake a rise out of me. He wasn't trying to take the Bible for his own good, which is fine, whatever. My point is that, we become so so afraid of the world unnecessarily that it gets in the way of our witness. It gets in the way of our ability to love the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbor as herself because we're so worried about what the world thinks. And about the, the world, we should never ever be shocked that the world behaves like the world. It, it was not a shock to me. It did not ruin my day or, you know, and it, it, it or anything when I found out that the Supreme Court said the law of the land is that homosexuals have the right to be married. Now, I understand in Scripture there's a lot of reason to believe that that is counteractive. The Scriptures say that marriage is between a man and a woman. Uh, but I, I, it didn't shock me that the, that the world, that the law of the land says now homosexuals can be married. Uh, nor does it surprise me that just as you know, offensive to me, if you ask me, is that we have a divorce culture, especially in the church. And to me, that's almost a worse problem, you know, because that's actually breaking up families. That's actually hurting kids. Uh, you know, that when the church has a divorce rate of, of more than 50 percent, to me, that ought to be more where our direction of restoration and of healing and of attention needs to go to than if homosexuals are, you know, getting married. You know, at, le at least they're trying to establish some sort of love. You know, it may be sinful or whatever, but honestly, what's going on in my backyard and the church is, in my opinion, way worse. And that's where our attention ought to be. So... Here's, I saw a picture, and, and I'll read it. It was, it was one of those memes, and, and, and it says, it's a picture of Jesus, and he's, he's, he's surrounded by a group of people, you know, that, that he's healing and ministering to. It's just, if you picture that in your mind, like anything you see in a children's illustrated Bible, you know, just picture Jesus with a group of people around him listening to him teach and watching him do miracles. It says, in this on this meme, this picture, it says, you want to put Christ, in quotes, Christ back in Christmas? Feed the hungry, comfort the afflicted, love the outcasts, forgive the wrongdoer, inspire the hopeless. And I, I saw this and I about jumped out of my skin. I'm like, yes, that's it. Has nothing to do with putting Merry Christmas on a coffee cup, right? Or happy versus happy holidays. Has nothing to do with making sure that I have the, the, the tallest Christmas tree or that my nativity is the most beautiful and most expensive or that I have to give the most gifts to my friends and family. No, Christ in Christmas means that we 
do those things that is uncomfortable to the flesh, but they bless the spirit and ultimately they bless God and they bless others. Feeding the hungry, comforting the afflicted, loving the outcast, forgiving the wrongdoer, inspiring the hopeless. Now, this is scriptural. In fact, if you go to Philippians chapter 2, it gives us a very specific direction on how to be Christ's how to be because there's a difference right I I read an article and I might as well read it to you we got some time here um it was the the name of the article is called the question every Christ follower has to answer the question every Christ follower has to answer so bear with me I want to read this article to you it's not very long uh it's written by a woman her name is uh well actually it's a man his name is simon lionel nielsen i guess that doesn't really matter but anyway it's, uh, let me read to you this article he wrote that was posted to relevant magazine relevantmagazine.com he says i am 27 years old and have been a christian my whole life i went to sunday school youth group connect groups and all that you probably know the drill but something was missing i actually didn't even know what it was until probably six months ago was I a Christian or was I a disciple of Jesus? Now, some of you might say, well, isn't that the same? And for years and years, I asked myself that same question. However, what I found out recently is that being a Christian and being a disciple of Jesus are two very different things. In fact, I'll put it this way. There are, they are two different worlds. Confused? Yeah, let me clarify. Being a Christian means to believe who Jesus was, believing in his death, his resurrection, the forgiveness of sin, and to trust in his infinite grace. If if you've been around fellow Christians long enough, you would know that these things are the, quote, typical stuff to check the box to get you going to church on Sunday. After all, you believe in the most relevant things of Jesus, right? And don't get me wrong, you definitely do. You're saved by faith alone, period. But being a disciple, however, is more than just believing in the things of Jesus. It's following in his footsteps every single day. Every single day. I mean, actually following him. It's denying yourself for the sake of him, saying, quote, yes to him, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and no to your own selfish ways day after day after day. It's taking up your cross daily and carrying the burden of sacrifice like Jesus did when he walked the Via Dolorosa all the way to Calvary. Now, you might say, this is, this is, quote, this is too radical for me. This is only for missionaries in Africa or famous evangelists or extraordinary people. That's not for me. All right, that's cool. Then I'll ask you to go read Matthew 16, 24 through 26, and then come back to this article. Now tell me this isn't for you. So for the sake of the article, let's go ahead and go there. Matthew, let me type it in my search bar. Matthew 16. What does it say? Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good would it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits or loses his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? So let's go back to the excuse me. Let's go back to the article. That's cool. Then I ask you to go read Matthew 16, 24 through 26, which we just did, and then come back to this article. Now tell me that this isn't for you. 
Jesus himself spoke these words to people who followed him. He knew that believing in him and following him every day as his disciple were two very different things. So when you say that this is, quote, too radical, my response is this. This wasn't and still isn't radical. It's actually what Jesus required of those following him. He says this should be the norm for his disciples. And the problem is here that we don't actually want to be, I'm sorry, and the problem here is that we actually don't want this to be us because this requires too much. This might sound harsh, but it's the truth. We all want the blessings that flow from Jesus, but we don't want the cost of daily discipleship. It's, quote, too much for us, we say. This might cost me my reputation to stand up for my coworker in front of my colleagues. Or, but hey, if I don't post this on Instagram, I won't maintain my image as good Sunday as a good Sunday-going Christian. Or, quote, you really want me to pay for the woman at the grocery store who cut me off in the line? These are just three random examples, but they match so many of us so accurately. Not just you, me too, us. See, in our modern Western culture today, it doesn't necessarily cost us our literal death to follow him as Jesus talks about in Matthew 16. But what has almost become an equivalent to this year in 2019 is our giving up of fame and reputation. That's why this is so hard for us. We don't want to sacrifice fame, reputation, and our image on the altar. Hard truth, Jesus gave up his fame, his reputation, and his image all the way to the cross, and now he wants us to do the same for the sake of following him. We as disciples should be driven daily by constant obedience to his word and to the Holy Spirit's prompting. Every day, in every single thing, it shouldn't just cost us something to follow Jesus, it must cost us everything. I once heard a preacher put it like this, Jesus is either Lord over everything in your life, or he is not Lord at all. It should and must be all it should and must be all or nothing when it comes to following Jesus, no in between. So today we should ask ourselves this question. If my faith were ever taken away from me tomorrow, would my life look any different? Let me ask that question again. Think about this. If my faith were taken away from me tomorrow, would my life look any different? Would your life look any different? If you were no longer a Christian, you no longer believe in I'm this is Sean talking now, away from the article for a moment. If you were no longer declared yourself to be a Christian, a disciple, a follower of God, would you look? Would your life look any different? And if it wouldn't, maybe that is a time to do some inventory about the things that you're doing or not doing that are pleasing to the Lord, that are actually following Him rather than just saying you believe in Him. Last paragraph in this article says. If your discipleship is causing you to follow Jesus in everything, then this would be an easy to respond yes. If not, you might not you might have to think about this whole Christian versus discipleship thing again. So, very good article. It's just kind of just reiterating to us like listen, uh, there's two different ways that we can go about this Christian thing. We can either just say we're a believer in Christ, we go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays, or we're around Christian people, we read and study a Bible, we worship, you know, and pray, and we do the things that is typically, you know, uh, expected of a Christian to do, or moreover, a believer of Christ, and a believer of who he was in that example. But I don't know about you, but I want to actually know Christ. You know, the Bible says to go you there to all go you therefore to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And in order for me to go out and minister and evangelize and and and, and 
put forth any kind of information about anybody or anything. I got to know my stuff. No one's asking me to go out there and, and do a lecture on physics or on rocket science or brain surgery. Nobody is calling my phone saying, Sean, this weekend I need you to go to this group of, of doctors and talk about how to do surgery on a liver. Why are they not asking me that? Well, because I don't know anything how to do any of those things. Uh, this is what we're talking about. If Jesus is asking us, however, every single disciple, every single person who names the name of Jesus, he is asking you to go out and minister the gospel. you got to know the gospel in order to talk and preach it and live it and be it. And that's why I do this podcast. That's why we do these episodes. Because not only is it about hearing, experiencing, and going through and, 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 and feeling and understanding other people's lives and how that can affect us positive, positively and, and, and even challenge us to become better people ourselves. But really the other side of this of the, the, of the this is life coin is this right here. Is how can I and, and you as listeners and as the host, how can we become disciples of Jesus? How can we every single day take up our cross daily? And you're right. We're not, especially in our Western culture, the article is right. We're not faced with losing our, our life every single day uh, because we're Christians. Now, we are, however, at risk of losing our reputation. You know, Christians especially don't have a good reputation. A lot of that, I believe, is self-inflicted. But at the same time, it's also the world doesn't like Christians. That's just how it is. That's just how it's always been. So we might lose some friends. We might lose some in, some influence. We may have to change and get rid of some of the apps on our phone, or some, change some of other TV shows that we watch. Just or whatever it is. I'm not. I'm just saying whatever it is for you that is keeping you from crossing the bridge from just being a believer in Jesus into being a disciple of Jesus. I can't tell you what that is. I can just tell you what it is for me, and, and that's what I've been doing this whole you know throughout all these shows. But I need you, God moreover, rather, and ultimately, God needs you to change, to make a difference, to be better than you were the day before. Take up that cross daily. Put a, you know, be, be willing to put everything on the line if it means that God's his will is done and made perfect in you. Now, let's go back to the whole put Christ back in, in Christmas thing. And it's not just about being, you know, in Christmas. Obviously, Christmas is a time where there's a lot more opportunities to be a blessing to others. I mean, there's, you have, the, you have the, all the bell ringers around. You have all the charities, you know, people collecting coats for kids and toys, you know, for kids. And, and, and like for, for a long time when we had a church here, we would uh, we have a local group called the Christmas Bureau where families would request, you know, a little bit of assistance during the holidays. And so we, the church got together and had a family and I would always request a big family because we had a you know decent sized church and we'd come together and just buy gifts and food and just be a blessing you know to somebody out there um, so there's a lot of opportunities this time of year to be a blessing and and to really share the love and the knowledge of Christ even without preaching one of my favorite uh, quotes of all time I'm not even sure who said it some people say Joyce Meyer but I don't know for example exactly where it came from but it was basically this preach always and if necessary use words okay our lives ought to be a consistent, constant sermon. There ought to be just a continual flow of God's love coming out of us. That way, even if we didn't mean to, it's just naturally God is speaking to people 
through us, and his spirit, moreover, is drawing themselves to him. See, we don't know, you know, a lot of people will get to have this false impression that Christians lead people to the Lord. You hear that all the time. You know, how many people have you ever led to the Lord? Guys, we don't lead anybody to the Lord. Jesus Christ himself and the Holy through the Holy Spirit leads himself to them. We are just there because remember the Bible says that he stands at the doors and knocks, all right? And if anybody answers, I will come in and sup with him. We're just sitting there with them and telling them, hey, uh, you might want to get that. The door is knocking. But we're not the one knocking. We're not leading them to him. We're just saying there is an availability of ultimate love in Jesus that you can have, that I have, that I want you to experience. And why we do that and how we do that is by just being that ultimate example of that love every single day. And I know it's tough. That it's against the flesh. You know, a lot of times, especially when people make us angry, you know, just yesterday, right? I had this crazy experience where I I was uh, just driving. I just, uh, I didn't wake up early enough to make coffee for my wife. Actually, no, 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 it wasn't even that. We didn't have coffee. And one of the things I love to do for my wife every single day is to make her coffee just the way she likes it. I like to think that nobody, even Starbucks, has, is, uh, can make a better coffee than myself, but we were out of coffee. And so I didn't want her to, uh, you know, she works as a hard day. She, she's a preschool teacher, constantly around kids. And this, they just, just, you know, it's, I can't imagine there's no way in the world that I could ever do her job. So, you know, one of the highlights of the day is a cup of coffee and a breakfast. So I told her, I said, babe, I'll drop you off at work and then I'll go down to the, to the locket coffee shop and I'll get you your favorite breakfast sandwich and your favorite cup of coffee. Okay, sure. That's fine. Um, I'm on my way back to from the coffee shop to her school to drop it off. I have a little bit of time, extra time in the morning before I got to be in the office. And as I'm driving down this road, it is a four-lane road that turns into a two-lane road. And as I'm coming down the road and I get into my lane, I'm, I'm the one lane, on the opposite side is a school bus that is coming my direction. And the school bus was, was coming. It was heading west i was going east on this road and about three car lengths in front of me because if you can picture about probably what 50 feet or so about three three car lengths in front of me all of a sudden the school bus that's heading my direction veers into my lane and i'm up against a hill to the right i'd have nowhere to go but i start to just you know is it one of those things it was so weird that you really don't realize what's happening until it's happening. Like, uh, like all of a sudden there's a bus in my lane and it took me a second to realize that, yo, there's a bus in my lane, right? He comes over in my lane, heading straight for me. And all of a sudden at the last moment jerks over into his lane. And I had to just slow down and just be like, I think I even pulled over and I just was like, what just happened? Literally, I I almost had a head-on collision with the school bus, and I don't know if there's any children on it. I don't I don't know if the guy or girl fell asleep, or they're bad driver. I don't know. All I know is that for a split second, I had a school bus heading towards my truck, uh, and uh, was seconds away from a head-on collision. If nothing would have changed, and it definitely got my attention. Um, I was thankful that I was paying attention. Thankful that I was wearing a seatbelt. I'm thankful that I did not end up having any kind of 
any old wreck or anything, but it just goes to show every single day, you just don't know. We just truly don't know what's going to happen. And so what are we doing now is what matters the most because tomorrow's not promised to any of us. But what happened was this is an opportunity, perfect opportunity for me to get very, very, very angry. In fact, I was right at the bat. Actually, the first thing I was was really scared, and then I was relieved, and then I was angry, right, as anybody naturally would do. And, I, you know, I could have definitely let my anger get the best of me and just hold on to this, you know, know, and really make a big, big, big deal out of it. But rather than that, I chose to just thank God that I'm okay. Thank God that nothing was hurt, nothing, no property was even damaged. Uh, I pray that that bus driver will learn how to drive better. Uh, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, everything's okay. God was there to take care of me and mine. And even if, God forbid, I would have gotten a head-on collision, I, you know, I, it's not my call. I, you know, I would definitely have done everything I could to prevent it, to, to prevent it from happening, but I've already given my life to the Lord. So his will is what's going to happen, whether I want it or not. And, you know, we just got to wait. I really believe that we're just, we're just writing out, you know, the, the life that God's already given to us. Uh, you know, either he's all knowing or he's not. So he obviously knows our future and we are writing it into the invisible ink that God's already been written for us. You know, the Bible says very plainly that every one of us are appointed a time to die. It's already written when we are to leave this earth. And, you know, up until that time, I'm just still going to do my best to love my family, my wife, my child, my friends, my family, strangers, do whatever I can to make sure that I'm living in the mind of Christ and that putting Christ not only back in Christmas, but every single day. All right, so let's go to Philippians chapter 2, and I want to kind of read some scriptures here. And I pray that there'll be a blessing to you because this is really what, what the whole reason why we're talking about today. Uh, so, oh, I, let me change my scripture. I, I went to Matthew 16, uh, and then I did not have it ready anymore. So Philippians chapter 2, here we go. Verse 1. This is truly about putting Christ back in, not only Christmas again, but every single day. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. So what Paul's saying here is, listen, if you want, when we're united with Christ, we're also got to be united together. So we have to not only be like-minded with Christ, which we're going to discuss here in a few minutes, what that means to be like-minded with Christ. But the other side of that is that if we really want this whole Christianity thing to work, if we really want God to be uh, manifested in, in, in society and to have him be a reflection of what the world, you know, looks like if we want God to be the number one thing in the world rather than sin or the flesh, uh, that we have to be working together in his mind. It doesn't mean that we go out there and only, you know, our votes, you know, doesn't matter. It, it, honestly, our, you know, our, uh, Christian t-shirts don't matter. How many churches we have on the corners don't matter. It's all about coming one in unity in his love being have this having the same love being one in spirit and purpose 
do nothing out of selfish ambition, verse 3, or vain conceit. In other words, don't do it all out of pride or don't do. No, there should be nothing that we do that is for ourselves exclusively. But in humility, and of course, it's talking about what we talked about a few weeks ago, consider others better than yourself. How many of you have been practicing that? Thinking even to the people who offend you, people who are you make you angry even that bus driver the other day i you know i had to humble myself and just consider them better than myself and that's tough to do when you obviously have a situation like that that puts you uh you know your flesh on check each of you should not should look not only to your own interests but also to the interest of others your attitude should be that same of Christ Jesus. Okay, your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider himself equality with God something to be grasped. It wasn't something that he just had to struggle for, but he made himself nothing. This is how you you understand your attitude and your mind can be the same of Jesus Christ. You make yourself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled, this is Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, God's not asking one of any of us to die on a cross, but what he is saying that we're to die to our own fleshly desires, our own selves, our own selfishness, our own vain conceit, our own pride, and a lot of times even our own um motivations our our motivations need to be his motivations and sometimes it takes a, you know sometimes they're not the same thing therefore god exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name because christ was obedient even unto death even to death on the cross that at the name of jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and in under the earth and every tongue confesses that jesus is lord to the glory and to the father think about that philippians 2 6 or two five, let this mind be in you. Let this attitude be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. That's the whole purpose of being a disciple of God, is that we think of not strange to want to be Jesus to this world. And yes, like like we talked about in the article earlier, it may seem radical, it may seem impossible, but it's worth it. It is worth it every single day. You know, like a lot of people used to get offended about the X in Xmas, right? Some churches or businesses would say Merry Christmas, yeah, but they instead of putting the uh, Christ in the, the, in front of it, they would put the X. And I want to kind of just share something really interesting about that. Did you know that the X actually is means Christ? Uh, for example, uh, in fact, I'll read this article here. Uh, it says the history of the word of Xmas is fascinating. Uh, X represents the Greek letter chi, C-H-I, or that's what we would spell it. It's the first, it's the Greek letter chi, the initial letter in the word, um, I don't know Greek, but it's Christos, which is actually starts with the with the X. X the, the X is the word, is a letter that is how the greek word of christ is so basically jesus the x represents uh, christ and it's been an acceptable representation of the word christ for hundreds of years and what's also interesting about it is i find it here is that actually it was used um as a secret uh way for christians to 
to to to know each other. Basically, back during the persecution and back during the Inquisition, and Christians were being uh, truly uh, persecuted. Okay, we were being persecuted because we couldn't wear Christian T-shirts, or because people would wear Hell Satan shirts, or because they wouldn't put Merry Christmas on a Starbucks cup, or you know whatever. You know, in my opinion, lame way that Christians want to say they're persecuted. I mean, they were really persecuted where they were arrested killed tortured we know their houses were burned down i mean there was legitimate real persecution going against christians and that's they would use the letter x as a secret way to let other people know that they are christians and that it's a safe place so it's actually a good thing it's actually a way it's kind of a a, you know, a, a way that we can honor not only the people who have long ago uh, died for the faith, uh, but also you and I today who don't have to suffer those terrible, awful things. You know, we can be grateful that we can have live in a world and in a and in a nation that we can celebrate and even use the word X as an Xmas, and it's not going to be offensive to us or anybody else. In fact, it's going to bring about a conversation. So let this mind be in you, especially during this holiday season, or find ways to truly be the mind of Christ to others and share that gift of love and compassion and just find ways to make Jesus much more than just a nativity or presents under a tree or Christmas carols on the radio, or decorations, you know, downtown. I mean, all of those things are nice, and they help you kind of, quote, feel the Christmas spirit. But even if we didn't have any of those things, and even if we never celebrated Christmas like we do, you know, today, understanding that the birth of Christ obviously didn't even happen around this time of year, but that's this is just, regardless, this is just when we celebrate it. I'm so, I'm much more motivated to use this as an opportunity to because there's so many easy ways to be a blessing to people to do that to go out of our way to make sure that people are blessed by jesus because he truly is the reason for the season and it's not about what we put on christmas cards again or what way that we uh say happy holidays versus merry christmas no what are you literally physically emotionally spiritually doing to make sure christ is glorified in the season all right, guys, I hope you have had a wonderful day today. Go out there, make a difference in the world. You know, maybe use this opportunity even after you stop listening, you know, to, to seek, out, seek out ways in your own community that you can be a blessing to others during this Christmas time and truly be that Christ in Christmas uh, and, and you, you know, use it to the advantage of the Lord to further his kingdom. Uh, if you haven't already, head on over to uh, my thisislifepod.com and you can actually listen to all the shows there uh if you, if you need to back you know maybe in this i think we're like episode 20 22 now wow if maybe if you uh, need to catch up you can go to this is lifepod.com if you want to send me an email this is lifepod at gmail.com i'd love to hear from it from all the people out there uh maybe you uh, want to leave a review uh just go to the itunes page or just search this is life with sean johnson itunes and your google search bar it'll take you to our itunes page scroll all the way to the very very bottom 
and you can actually leave a review and a rating there for the show and that really will help us uh, just get the word out to as many more people that the show does exist that people are listening to it and that uh, you know and if it's been a blessing to you that's that would be the best way that you can help the show is to go on there and leave a review or even leave comments on this is lifepod.com uh, there's a place you can leave comments there uh, just any kind of feedback would be wonderful uh, good bad or ugly it doesn't matter I, I want to make the show as best as possible and I can do that by hearing from all of you so until next time god bless you guys aloha and mahalo